Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Discipleship and saints, are you prepared? We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Yahshua, which is Hebrew for Jesus. Jesus, of course, is the English version of the Son of God's name. That's why we use Yahshua. Sometimes we say Jesus. Either one is fine with God. Don't get too um, caught up in this word thing that people get caught up in. We're learning about discipleship from the teacher, which, of course, is Jesus. Jesus taught the pupils that were following him. It wasn't just the 12 he chose. It was many, many people that followed him. And he was discipling them, meaning he was teaching them. He was their teacher, as he is our teacher, as we're going through discipleship here at Takshu. And we also posted on Facebook, in our group on Facebook, discipleship. Because you see, you have to be discipled, as Jesus is showing us here, before you can actually go on out and do the works of the kingdom. That's why we're going through his actual discipleship of his followers. And we're up to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. We see that Jesus was near some water, and he knew that there was a need for him to go to the other side. One of the things we learn is that in the accounts of what Jesus did, which would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are missing pizzas, there are things not in order, they're in different sequences, some things are there, some things are, aren't. You've got some things like this one right here that's like out of the blue. It just has this verse here, which is not connected to the prior verse, and so you don't know what's really going on. The reason is simple. Part of discipleship is to learn about the Word of God. Learn about the Bible. Learn what God wants us to know. No matter what anybody tells you, the Bible is not in order. The Bible is not book by book as the order of 
it as it occurred. The books are not in order. Jeremiah is a big mess. I mean, you've got the beginning of his work, the end of his work, the middle of his work, and then back to the beginning, back to the end, back, you know, and all the books of the Bible work about the same way. So all that means is that just because you have not a consistency in all of the versions doesn't mean that there's error. What it's doing is it's showing you that four different people wrote four different versions. And it was what they heard, and what they heard was what they wrote. So let's see what's going on here. The reason is simple. Why do we have this verse, which I'll read in a minute, why do we have this verse come out of nowhere here in Matthew? The reason is simple. God wants us to learn the lesson Jesus is teaching not to worry about the details. See, there's an old saying, you miss the forest for the trees. It's the same thing. Look at the lesson. Don't worry about the details. You have to trust God that he has things written for a reason, the way he does, by who he does, and in the order he does. So, let's read Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. Now, it's very interesting. See, this verse is like, what other side? Where were we? Because, you see, the last place that we knew where Jesus was is in verse 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw this, his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. So he's still at Peter's house, and he's healing people. And then all of a sudden, verse 18 says, Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. So... That's what I'm showing you, is it doesn't matter what other side we're talking about necessarily. It's what Jesus is saying, and what is he saying? Jesus tells the disciples to go to the other side, away from the multitudes that were there. That's all we have to worry about. doesn't matter where it was. The next lesson is to do what the Spirit tells you to do. So Jesus commands, go to the other side, because that is who Jesus was listening to. So Jesus says, do it. Okay, go to the other side. 
another lesson is people wanting to join your group. So we've got Jesus saying, okay, let's go to the other side. And then when they get to the other side, they did what Jesus asked. There comes verse 19. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, what Jesus wants us to understand is we've got to learn about different people that come and say they want to join your group. Jesus is approached by a scribe here in the first example. Now, the scribe came to Jesus. That was first. So you understand he saw Jesus and he came to him when he went on the other side. Second, the scribe is connected to the religious system. Understand, if it was just a regular person, then it would say something different. But it says a scribe on purpose. And scribes are connected to the religious system. The scribes know the law of Moses. It's important for you to know and understand God is showing us something through this. Jesus wants us to see something here. You see, people were starting to hear about this man, Jesus, and this scribe was one of them. Jesus is teaching that when people come to you and say they want to learn from you, in many cases it is for another reason and not the leading of the Holy Spirit. So just because the scribe, a religious, quote, person comes to Jesus and says that he wants to follow Jesus and be his disciple, it isn't necessarily the case. Jesus had shown the disciples the difference between him and the teachings of the scribes. I want us to hold our place in Matthew 8. In the previous chapter, Matthew 7, go to verse 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So the people saw the difference when Jesus was teaching. This scribe follows the traditions of elders taught in the synagogues. And he has what they have, which is the best of everything and they believe they are entitled to it. The scribe was no different. The one that came to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. See, the scribes, they're connected to the synagogue people, Pharisees. And, you know, they get the best of everything. They're put on a pedestal. They get the best food. They get the best houses. This scribe was no different from the other scribes, yet he comes to Jesus and says, I want us to go back here to the first part of verse 19, and a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever 
thou goest. Okay? So what he's saying is, teacher, show me the way, and I will follow you no matter where you go. That sounds good, doesn't it? Hmm. You know, people come to you and say, oh, I like the way you're teaching. I want to learn from you. Jesus is teaching us that people will say things that they don't understand or don't really mean. You see, the scribe said he wanted Jesus to instruct him and that he would go with him and be like Jesus is, become his disciple, you see. But the scribe thinks that Jesus will accept him and his beliefs as they are. And he can just add his synagogue stuff on top of Jesus' beliefs can be just added on top of the synagogue stuff that the scribe already believes, which means he had the best food, the best clothes, the best house he was looked up to and thought highly of. So he thought that Jesus had the same stuff, and his stuff was just going to be added on to that. See, Jesus knew this by his answer to the scribe. The Spirit of God will show us what we need to know if we listen. So what did Jesus say to the scribe in answer to his, okay, I'm going to go where you want me to go, and I want to learn from you? And Jesus saith unto him, the foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. In other words, Jesus was saying to the scribe, I'm homeless. I got no food. I got no extra clothes. I got nothing. This was a test for the scribe. Did he really want to be taught and leave worldly religious things behind which have nothing to do with Jesus? Well, the answer is, you can see, the scribe said he would follow Jesus anywhere, and Jesus said, I'm homeless, so you must be also. That was the point, see? And, of course, do you see the scribe saying, okay, and following? See, you know, there's different times here where Jesus called people and said, follow me, and, and they left everything and followed him, and it always tells you that. So here, it's not mentioning that. So guess what? We see the scribe didn't like what he heard, and he wasn't willing to follow and learn from Jesus, who was homeless. So you see, the disciples learned about religious people. Most likely, they will not give up what they believe to follow Jesus. That is why I have had so many people that have come to me over the years and said they want to do the works of the kingdom, yet when I show them false doctrine they believe, describing all of his nonsense, Jesus was like getting rid of all that, in one fell swoop. See, I tell people that say they want to do the works of the kingdom, about their false doctrine. I have to, because God isn't going to work with you if you have false doctrine. And they 
change their mind once I explain to them about their false doctrines and they will not stop believing their false doctrine, so they want to believe their false doctrine. And, and one of the biggest, of course, is who Jesus is. See, Jesus is the Messiah God sent to earth. God didn't send himself to earth. God sent his Messiah to earth. So Jesus did dwell with God. God was there with Jesus. God told Jesus what it is that Jesus was supposed to say, but that doesn't make Jesus God. We can dwell with God too. It doesn't make us God either. So you understand that you can be one with God and not be God. So that's why Jesus prayed to the Father. He spoke to the Father. This is someone else, he was saying. He wasn't telling you that this is me. No. And then, of course, they'll bring up the, oh, when Jesus is asked by Philip, they want to see the Father. And Jesus says, you've been with me this long, and you don't know when you see me, you see the Father. And they twist those English words, which the Greek doesn't say that, what it actually says is that it isn't that Philip is saying, I want to put my eyes on the Father. See doesn't mean to put your eyes on the Father. And Jesus didn't say, well, you're seeing me with your eyes. I'm the Father. No, that isn't the word. What the words are actually saying is, Philip is saying, I want to know the Father. And Jesus, that's why he said what he did. I've been with you so long, and all I tell you is what the Father wants me to tell you. That's the Father. So when you know what I have said, when you see what I have done, when you follow me, This is the Father. He's showing you what he wants, which is a big difference between when you see me, you see the Father. He's not talking about his eyes looking on a person. So, of course, when you explain to them that Jesus is, as the Bible says, the Son of God, not God, it's the Son of God over and over again, This false doctrine has many people um, in a bad problem from God's perspective because they're breaking the first commandment, using Jesus to do it, sadly. So when I explain to them this false doctrine, then of course... (laughs) they they want to believe their false doctrine. You know, everybody believes that. No, not everybody believes that. There's a lot of us that know that that's not right, including the apostles and all the writers of the New Testament. So, religious people say, oh, we want to, you know, learn with you, learn what the Father wants us to do, 
learn about the works of the kingdom, but when I talk to them about their problems spiritually, they change their mind. I want us to go to Matthew, hold your place in, in chapter 8, and go to verse chapter 3, and go, go to verse 4. And it says, and we're talking about John the Baptist now, and the same John had his raiment of camel hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his brethren, to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. So you understand, John said, show me that you're thinking differently before I baptize you. And Jesus was saying the same thing to this scribe. I'm homeless. You're not. You believe in all this other baloney. You're, you're entitled to all this stuff that the Pharisees tell you you're entitled to. The Bible doesn't say that, but you think you are. He wanted them, John, wanted them to admit their teachings are going against what God told Moses. That's what John was trying to get the Pharisees and Sadducees to understand, that they weren't following the law of Moses anymore. They were following their traditions. So the lesson from Jesus to the disciples is just because someone says they want the truth, they most likely want it on their own terms. So, this scribe went away. And he didn't want to follow Jesus because he wasn't going to do it Jesus' way. There's another one. There's another example, continuing in verse 21 there of chapter 8. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. This is interesting. In this example, you have one of Jesus' followers who says before he can continue to follow Jesus anymore, he has to take care of flesh things. In this example, they already were following Jesus and learning from him, but they had something come up. They wanted Jesus to allow them to go bury their father who had died, and then they would come back and learn from Jesus. Jesus is teaching the disciples that are listening to him an important lesson, which, of course, the church today doesn't agree with. Uh, I have heard pastors preach that Jesus wasn't saying, don't go bury your father. It was that the father was sick and the son wanted to wait with him until he died, which would be an unknown amount of time. Or the father is almost dead. Let me wait with him and bury him when he does die. Yet those things are not what is written. The pastors think Jesus would be cold-hearted to say such a thing. Yet Jesus did say exactly that. 
and the lesson is clear. Verse 22, but Jesus said unto him, follow me. We see Jesus was asked to let the disciple go, and Jesus' response, follow me. In other words, the answer is no. And then he goes into an explanation in the rest of verse 22. And let the dead bury their dead. Jesus wanted the disciple to understand that once a person is dead in the flesh, then let those spiritually dead take care of them. We have work to do. In other words, you get no points with God for going to a funeral. You have things to learn. Does this mean God is saying, do not go to funerals? No, of course not. The lesson is, the dead are gone. Keep working with the living. Don't let it stop you. So in this case, did the disciple follow Jesus? to the next verse. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Yes, he went into the ship. Isn't that interesting? So that was two examples. One example is a religious person who wants to join with you, but they want it on their terms. Usually they don't accept your terms and then they go away, which is fine with us. Or one that is connected with your group but gets pulled away by flesh things and you have to understand that you've got to show them that the flesh doesn't matter. What matters is doing the works of the kingdom. Don't let the flesh pull you away from doing God's work. Next time, we will learn another lesson. The lesson we needed to understand today is our human relationships cannot control our works for the kingdom. That is a tough lesson for most to learn. Discipleship. Oh, yes, most people don't like what Jesus actually has to teach those that follow him. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.